0: Welcome to the Superpowers for Good show, folks. That uh, today I, I'm your host, still today and every day. <laughs> I'm your host, Devin Thorpe, and today we are so excited to have with us Kishana Palmer. She is an extraordinary leader in the uh, world of nonprofit, social enterprise, and just such a powerful, dynamic human being. I'm excited to have her on the show. Uh, Kishana, welcome. We're thrilled to have you. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, You know, you you are doing some amazing things and and we're recording this for Giving Tuesday, which is kind of an exciting thing because you do a lot of work with nonprofits. Um, Obviously, it's a little late to prepare for Giving Tuesday as a nonprofit, but what would you say to folks out there on Giving Tuesday about how to celebrate this day?
1: Well, one, I would say If this moment in time is an inflection point for you toward your end of your goals, congratulations. If you decided to opt out today because you were too stressed all the way out, that was a good choice. But if you have not picked your favorite organization to invest in where you live and work, then right now, I want you to go right now, put minimize me, and go right there right now www. and make a gift today because the work that organizations do in your community is so critical and so valuable to our social fabric and you get to be a part of that story so that's what i would say
0: yeah that's that's a great great message and it's uh just so vitally important so i i, I certainly echo that sentiment it's today we got to do it uh, now, Kishana, let's take a minute. Tell us a little bit about your, your practice at management and the kinds of folks you help and how you like to help them. Absolutely. So
1: at management, we believe that in order to lead well, you've got to live well. And we believe that the power is in your people. So what that means is that we are a people focused, equity centered Change management consulting firm We work with everyday leaders just like you to help you run your organizations better, to make sure that you have healthy cultures within your organizations, that you hit and exceed your goals and that you take care of yourself while you're doing it. And so how that shows up is in restorative team and executive retreats, in board development and board governance, in custom learning experiences for your managers all the way up through to your C-suite and for organizations who need someone to stand in the gap with them. We offer interim executive services for the C-suite as well as ongoing consulting so that we can be a part of your team. So you see us as an extension of your organization. And we've been doing this, gosh, under a different name, Kashana Inco, for almost 10 years. Devin, oh my God, it's going to be 10 years in 2024. I cannot believe it but we wanted to make sure that we pay attention in this COVID forward time, because we don't say COVID is over, COVID forward, that we are paying attention to what people really said they needed during the pandemic. And what they really needed was some comfort, a little escape, and to really take care of themselves. That work wasn't everything. And so we want to find a way to continue to grow and innovate but not to burn you out while you do it.
0: This is really such an important thing for us to be thinking about because uh, especially for change makers, uh, yeah. you know, there's, there's an aspect of, of this that's inherently challenging.
1: Absolutely. And, and
0: that is whatever, whatever cause we're working on, whether that's, uh, you know, heart disease at the, you know, American Heart Association or whether you're, working on you know poverty, social justice, and homelessness in, in your local community, whatever it is, there are problems that are gonna be there tomorrow no matter how hard you work today. That's right. And, and so it can feel exhausting, it can feel interminable, and it can feel futile even at times. Mm-hmm. How do you coach organizations and leaders to cope with that stress
1: inherent and just working so hard to solve big, important problems? Yeah, that's a good question. So one of the things that I talk with my executive leaders about is what is the problem you're really solving for? If your organization were to disappear out of your community and there was a big cavernous hole where you used to be, what would you have been filling to really get clear on your why and not just your what? I think sometimes it's easy for us to get caught up in the hype of our own mission and in the urgency of what we believe we need to do, but we need to pace ourselves because our job is really one foot in front of the other for some organizations. For other organizations, it's sweeping change. For some other organizations, it's to replace itself. I want to put myself out of business. How do I do that? And so really getting to like, how do you plan to inject your piece of magic into our social fabric and understanding that you've got to have a plan to do that? Too many of us have been like really just fly by the seat of our pants and we have taken pride as sector leaders in saying, oh, we're just flying by the seat of our pants. We're building the plane as we fly it. And then folks are tapping out never to return to the sector again. And at management, I said, enough. There has to be a better way. And so we teach leaders how to take care of themselves and then how to build organizational plans and to reshape culture, which are just a set of behaviors, so that you can have longevity, not just Chasing the next grant.
0: Yeah, it it is really, uh you know, it's great when you can celebrate receiving a grant or a donation. And, Absolutely. And, but ultimately, that's not the solution we should be focused on. The solution is what we do with the money that we get. But then, the the the, uh, the corollary is then we're left in this. Uh, yes. long-term cycle. And so we've got a plan and think, so I, 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 love your approach. I love your approach. Um, now oftentimes, uh, people call on you to speak at events because, uh, you are such a recognized authority in this space.
1: Appreciate
0: it. What's your favorite topic when you speak and what's, what's the key message?
1: Ooh, okay. So, um, y'all heard it here first. And so, Um, I have been, uh, let's see, I've been signed to Wiley for my first book, Take Your Cape Off. And that's going to be coming out in 2024. And so the thing that I talk about the most is you can't do it all. And one of my Kashana-isms, martyritis, which is the cousin of being a workaholic. It's the kind of thing that we do that's particularly unique to our sector, where not only do we work ourselves to the bone, but we want everybody to see how important we are in our suffering. And I like to get folks to rethink how they do just about everything, how they set up their organizational dynamics. How they think about organizational structure, how they think about attracting and retaining teams, working alongside their donor investors, getting stakeholders to really be champions um, at the table and not just peer reviewers and everything in between. And so I typically talk about how to be well. What does well-being really look like? What's your five-star wellness plan? And I walk folks through not just how to be inspired by my story and how I had to come to this the hard way. My dad used to always say, you either pay to learn or you learn to pay. That and hard heads make us off behind. Different generation, different generation. But I had to come to it the hard way on taking care of myself. And so I bring folks along on that journey. So that they understand not just that it doesn't have to be that way, but here's a how, a couple of hows on how you can shift your life and still have the impact you see.
0: Yeah, one of the I want to kind of head in a a slightly different direction now, because I think you alluded to this at the very top of the show when you were describing your practice. Yeah. But um, one of the things that I see sometimes it's not common but I do see it in the nonprofit sector and social enterprise that sometimes we get so focused on our narrow cause, climate change, the environment, saving ducks, who knows what it might be, (laughs) that we, um, we rationalize some of our bad behaviors as being justified and acceptable. And I'm thinking particularly now but you, you mentioned trying to build equity into the program, and yeah. it, it does seem to me that it's important for nonprofits, regardless of the mission, to make equity and inclusion kind of a part of the mix. How yeah. do you coach organizations to do that when they've got, you know, maybe, you know, feeding hungry people,
1: right. you know, Saving They're people not. who are
0: right on the verge? It can be tough. That's, a, that's, tough. A, that's a, an important mission. Absolutely. It's tough. It's hard. Right. Climate change is a big deal. We're all going to die, including, you know, it's, it's going to affect us equally. How do you how do you also get people who are passionate about a cause to also include their social justice and equity in the mission?
1: So one of the things I try to help my clients um, work through and navigate and build around is that when you design for marginalized groups, you almost always design for everyone. Because when you focus in on some of the nuances that, depending on where you are in the world, that those marginalized groups experience, it adds an additional layer. It's like when you take a class when you were in college, right? And you took 101, I took 101 for econ, and then I went on and I did 102 for econ, and then I did another econ class. It's that second step and that third step. Well, if everybody only gets 101, then how do you understand the nuances of 201 and 301? And so, what I try to get my clients to do is build for that nuance because then you can step back into what must be true in order for us to achieve that. And when you do that, then you start to identify the things that are needed to be in place. And you also identify what kind of resources you're going to need to get there. It allows you to plan, it allows you to actually have successful steps forward, and it allows your team to feel like they see me. They get me. And that is a critical retention, like feathering your cap um, for any organization.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's so vitally important. Well, listen, uh, Kishana, we're going to take a quick break. Everyone, I, I am just, I'm so happy today. I'm here with uh, Kishana Palmer. Uh, she is the CEO, founder and leader of Management, and she coaches nonprofits and social enterprises on how to do things better, management especially, to create productive cultures. But when we come back, we're going to talk to Kishana about her superpower. So stick around. You don't want to miss this. Join us at SuperCrowd Baltimore to connect with community-focused business leaders and investors working to support diverse founders, social entrepreneurs, and community builders. Learn how to raise money from the crowd and how to invest like a pro. November 30th at the B&O Rail Museum. Register today at thesupercrowd.com. Learn how to build stronger communities with investment crowdfunding on December 20th at 1 Eastern. Dorian Dickinson, founder and CEO of Funding Hope, will explain how to use investment crowdfunding as a tool for community building. Register today at thesupercrowd.com. We're grateful for the support of our sponsors and co hosts. Ever wonder if you can raise money with a community round on WeFunder? It may not be as tricky as you think. You can start right now in under two minutes. Visit WeFunder.s4g.biz or scan the QR code to begin. Give it a try. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, I am so excited here on the Superpowers for Good show to have with us today, Kishana Palmer, who is a a leader in the nonprofit and social enterprise space, and uh, she's really kind of a, a management guru uh, and uh, soon to be author. Um, but Kishana. You have done uh, really impressive things. You, you're You're an amazing human being, and we're excited,
1: excited to have you here. What do you see as your superpower? Okay, so Devin, don't freak out. My superpower is the ability to see you. And so one of my strengths is individualization, and that means that I can see the magic in every single person. And so when people spend time with me, whether it's professionally or socially, oftentimes the comment I get is, God, I feel like I've known you my whole life, or I can't believe I'm telling you this, but, or I don't even talk to my therapist about this. There is something about the way that I create trust and that I hold people in that trust and that I am actually really interested in the intricacies of folks' lives. My mom would say, I'm just nosy. But I've been like that since I was a little one. That has allowed me to be able to break through where others have not. Maybe I should have been a psychiatrist, a psychologist. I don't know. I went to business school. But my superpower comes in seeing and in knowing. The challenge is, Devin, sometimes I ignore my uh, superpower and I'm my own kryptonite.
0: Yeah. You know, we we all face that, right? Almost every superpower comes with uh, a a sort of a double edge, right? There's the one side that we use for good and the other side maybe we use for bad or it trips us up. Uh, As as you think about your ability to see people uh, for who they are in an authentic way, I wonder if you can think of a specific example when you use that superpower in a challenging circumstance Absolutely. And sort of had that work out okay.
1: Absolutely. So I'll give you a, um, an example with a client that I had over the last couple of years where I had to help that organization completely turn around. They'd had massive turnover. People were leaving in droves. They hadn't had salary increases in five, seven years. The, you know, folks who were staying along were just staying along for the mission. Or they were staying along because they didn't want to look for another job. And my task was to really figure out, like, how to turn that ship around and so, what I decided to do is what I do with every team I have ever managed. I pull out two tools one, Gallup uh, Clifton Strengths, and I also pull out the five love languages. Now, why would I be bringing a relationship book into a challenging situation? Because guess what? Whether you raise money, whether you're in operations or IT, whether you're in finance or program on the board or just a volunteer, not just, or a volunteer out with an organization, we are in the business of relationships. And if we don't understand and can't articulate how to be seen and how to be heard, how to be appreciated, then how can we expect to build those collegial bonds with others? And so what I did in that particular situation was took a whole pause first I got to know everybody through that lens so I can understand how do you really show up in the world and what really matters to you. And then, of course, because I'm a nerd, I grid that entire thing out so I could kind of see globally, like, what what do the team members in this organization look like and what do they need? And then I had a conversation where I asked questions and then I zipped and listen to what they really wanted and what they've been asking for, but they felt ignored. And because I did those first two things, it allowed the third thing, what I call a Black coffee conversation, to really happen. Once I was able to do those things, then I was able to pull out of the crowd folks who were in the wrong position or their skills had been overused, but their talents had been underused. Then I was able to redesign job descriptions and really pull in leaders to the point we were able to uh, hire from within to the tune of all of our senior leaders were able to rise in ranks and many of them not in the vertical they were in before. And what that says to me is when you slow down enough as a leader and as a people manager to see your people, what motivates them? Where are they in this season of their life? You can go on ahead and create some magic, I have got to tell you. And so um, that situation was a very tough, like was a very volatile organization, very caustic culture. And I was able to inject a little sunshine in enough to start to fill in the cracks um, that had formed in the foundation and then invite others in to, to help me do that.
0: Well, that, that is just a really... Uh, insightful answer, and I really appreciate you sharing that. Because uh, this is such a an, an important skill, and you can see how you can apply this broadly not just not just individually in the moment, but across an organization. That's right, uh, and that's powerful. Getting people in the right role, uh, I, I, you know, there really is good data to suggest that all of us are competent,
1: uh, but
0: that doesn't mean we're we're a good match for the job we're sitting in today, right? That's uh, it. Maybe someone else should do this job and I should do somebody else's job, That's right? It. And so you've got it. To- I think it's brilliant. Um, it, it, now, as you think about this, Kishana, how would you coach someone to develop this ability to really see
1: people for who they are? Yeah. Oh, oof. you're me a hard one. So here's the first thing I would say. Many of us have been going through life sort of like zombies. So we've gone to school and we've gotten the degrees and we've gotten the job. And depending on where you are in the world and what culture you come from, those are either highly prized or they're devalued or your access to them was horrible. So you're kind of like bumping along. And then one day you're like, why am I here? We start questioning purpose, particularly as we get to a more seasoned place in our career. So when I typically coach folks, they are at that point. And so the first thing I want to understand is, what is your wellness plan? What is your care plan? Who's on your care team? Who's on your personal board of advisors? And the reason I want to get to the personal first is because everywhere you go, there you are. So if you have not been able to get along with your team for the last four jobs and people are always incompetent and you've got to do everything yourself, guess who is the common denominator in every role you've been in? Hello, it's you. And so getting folks to understand how they actually are showing up and what assets they really have and what are the places in which they have been their own worst enemy is the first step to being able to say, now you can slow down and now you can focus out. Because first I have you focus in and then I have you focus out. Now I want you to start seeing how your team shows up. What's motivating them to be here in this season of their life? Maybe they took this job because they're a caregiver and they've gotta be close to the person who they're a caregiver for. Maybe they took this role because they were escaping a different life. Maybe they wanted to try a new thing. Maybe this is the only thing they've thought about since they were 12 years old and they're seeing it through. You don't have to be in people's private business, but you should be personable enough to understand your team so that you know if the way in which they are moving in their roles and in the larger organizational fabric is episodic, or if it is just the way they are, because that allows you to be able to operate as a manager coach, which is what we are now. Now that their generations are firmly enmeshed in the workplace, we've got to operate a little bit differently. And so that's kind of where I would start with someone I was coaching who wanted to say, how do I start to see? I would say, do you see yourself? Let me clean your glasses for you. And then we would go from there.
0: Yeah, that's a great starting place. Great starting place. As you, uh, well, listen, it, we're, our time is beginning to run short. So oh, let yeah. me invite you to just take a minute now and tell us about how how people can
1: learn more about your work and how they can connect with you. What, what's the best way? Well, Devin, the thing is, I'm probably the only Kashana that most people will ever know. And so the best way to reach me is to reach my entire team at Management. We put the in management, management.co. So it's not a misspelling. Um, or you can find me across all platforms at Kashana Palmer. And so as long as you type in K-I-S-H-S into Google, my name appears. <laughs> but management.co is the easiest way because my team stands ready to understand your organizational needs, to match you with one of our amazing trainers, coaches, and consultants, um, or to have me come into your organization to uh, lead an event or to be your keynote. So I would say that's the easiest way uh, to stay connected to me. Yeah,
0: oh, fantastic. Well, Kishana, we do thank you for taking the time to be with us today. We want to wish you every success. You know, the, the, the great work you're doing is making such a difference in the world. Uh, at, at every level. But every time you help someone in a nonprofit or a social enterprise be more effective in their work, uh, you're helping all the people they help. That's uh, I mean. So you're making the world so much better through all the ripples you're creating. And we, we want to see you so. succeed uh, every day. So thank you very much for being with us today.
1: Absolutely. And thank you for having me. It's been a joy.
0: Uh, all righty. Now let's do some good
1: let good.